Today is October 8th. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer. Welcome in and welcome back. I am thrilled to have you here with me once again as we step into yet another week on our journey of discovery, growth, and self-actualization through the power of God's Word. How y'all feeling? How y'all doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. On this beautiful Sunday, as we are gathered here on this chilly October day, at least it's chilly in my neck of the woods, some of y'all still might have the benefit of enjoying warm weather. Please pray for those of us who don't. But we find ourselves at an opportune moment. We often look at Sundays as a day of rest, a day to ruminate, a day to replenish, a day to relax. Let's start that here. Let's release the weight of the past week and allow ourselves to be fully present in this space. And if not right now, at some point today, let's carve out some time to sit with ourselves, process anything we need to process that took place this past week, and let's find out what we truly think and feel so we can move forward and set some intentions for the week ahead based on how we want to show up. Some of us don't set aside enough time for reflection and introspection. We need thinking time. We need time to get ourselves organized and get ourselves straightened out and externalize all of the thoughts and feelings and emotions and experiences that sometimes clutter our hearts and our minds. We need to get those things out and we can do that through meditation. We can do it through conversation. We can do it through journaling. We can do it through just sitting quietly and allowing ourselves to be. And as we dive into God's timeless wisdom, my hope is that you will find or take some time today to canvas your soul and cast some vision for the week ahead. Let's quiet our spirits. Let's reflect on where we've been so we can discern where God is leading next. And as we move into our reading for today, I really want you to think about what resonates from these passages. What is God saying to you? What is he impressing upon you for this next season of your life? Are there beliefs, habits, or mindsets holding you back from his best? Really think about what it is that he has for you and what it is that he wants from you. And if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's open our eyes, our ears, our hearts, and our minds And let this word permeate every cell and fiber of our being. Let's allow it to wash over us and flow through us to penetrate deep within. My prayer is that it will fill us, energize us, challenge us, and inspire us to step into this week with a bit of grit and a whole lot of grace. Jeremiah chapters 10 and 11, the Message Bible. Oh yes, we're reading from a new translation this week. The message, the stick gods. Listen to the message that God is sending your way, house of Israel. Listen most carefully. Don't take the godless nations as your models. Don't be impressed by their glamour and glitz, no matter how much they're impressed. The religion of these peoples is nothing but smoke. An idol is nothing but a tree chopped down, then shaped by a woodsman's axe. They trim it with tinsel and balls, use hammer and nails to keep it upright. It's like a scarecrow in a cabbage patch, can't talk. Dead wood that has to be carried, can't walk. Don't be impressed by such stuff. It's useless for either good or evil. All this is nothing compared to you, O God. You're wondrously great. 
famously great. Who can fail to be impressed by you, King of the Nations? It's your very nature to be worshipped. Look far and wide among the elite of the nations. The best they can come up with is nothing compared to you. Stupidly, they line them up, a lineup of sticks, good for nothing but making smoke. Gilded with silver foil from Tarshish, covered with gold from Euphaz, hung with violet and purple fabrics, no matter how fancy the sticks, they're still sticks. But God is the real thing, the living God, the eternal king. When he's angry, earth shakes. Yes, and the godless nations quake. Tell them this, the stick gods who made nothing, neither sky nor earth, will come to nothing on the earth and under the sky. But it is God whose power made the earth, whose wisdom gave shape to the world, who crafted the cosmos. He thunders and rain pours down. He sends the clouds soaring. He embellishes the storm with lightnings, launches wind from his warehouse. Stick god worshippers looking mighty foolish, god makers embarrassed by their handmade gods. Their gods are frauds, dead sticks, dead wood gods, tasteless jokes. When the fires of judgment come, they'll be ashes. But the portion of Jacob is the real thing. He put the whole universe together and pays special attention to Israel. His name, God of the angel armies. Grab your bags, all you who are under attack. God has given notice, attention. I'm evicting everyone who lives here. And right now, yes, right now, I'm going to press them to the limit, squeeze the life right out of them. But it's a black day for me. Hopelessly wounded, I said. Why, oh, why did I think I could bear it? My house is ruined, the roof caved in, our children are gone, we'll never see them again. No one left to help in rebuilding, no one to make a new start. It's because our leaders are stupid. They never asked God for counsel, and so nothing worked right. The people are scattered all over, but listen, something's coming. A big commotion from the northern borders. Judas Town's about to be smashed, left to all the stray dogs and cats. I know, God, that mere mortals can't run their own lives, that men and women don't have what it takes to take charge of life. So correct us, God, as you see best. Don't lose your temper. That would be the end of us. Vent your anger on the godless nations who refuse to acknowledge you and on the people who won't pray to you, the very ones who've made a meal out of Jacob, yes, made a meal, and devoured him whole, people and pastures alike. The terms of this covenant, the message that came to Jeremiah from God, preach to the people of Judah and citizens of Jerusalem. Tell them this, this is God's message, the message of Israel's God to you. Anyone who does not keep the terms of this covenant is cursed. The terms are clear. I made them plain to your ancestors when I delivered them from Egypt out of the iron furnace of suffering. Obey what I tell you. Do exactly what I command you. Your obedience will close the deal. You'll be mine and I'll be yours. This will provide the conditions in which I will be able to do what I promised your ancestors, to give them a fertile and lush land. And as you know, that's what I did. Yes, God, I replied, that's true. God continued, preach all this in the towns of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem. Say, 
Listen to the terms of this covenant and carry them out. I warned your ancestors when I delivered them from Egypt, and I've kept up the warnings. I haven't quit warning them for a moment. I warned them from morning to night, obey me or else. But they didn't obey. They paid no attention to me. They did whatever they wanted to do, whenever they wanted to do it, until finally I stepped in and ordered the punishment set out in the covenant, which, despite all my warnings, they had ignored. Then God said, There is a conspiracy among the people of Judah and the citizens of Jerusalem. They've plotted to reenact the sins of their ancestors, the ones who disobeyed me and decided to go after other gods and worship them. Israel and Judah are in this together, mindlessly breaking the covenant I made with their ancestors. Well, your God has something to say about this. Watch out, I'm about to visit doom on you, and no one will get out of it. You're going to cry for help, but I won't listen. Then all the people in Judah and Jerusalem will start praying to the gods you've been sacrificing to all these years, but it won't do a bit of good. You've got as many gods as you have villages, Judah. And you've got enough altars for sacrifices to that impotent sex god Baal to put one on every street corner in Jerusalem. And as for you, Jeremiah, I don't want you praying for this people. Nothing, not a word of petition. Indeed, I'm not going to listen to a single syllable of their crisis prayers. Promises and pious programs. What business do the ones I love have figuring out how to get off the hook and write in the house of worship? Do you think making promises and devising pious programs will save you from doom? Do you think you can get out of this by becoming more religious? A mighty oak tree, majestic and glorious. That's how I once described you. But it will only take a clap of thunder and a bolt of lightning to leave you a shattered wreck. I, God of the angel armies, who planted you, yes, I have pronounced doom on you. Why? Because of the disastrous life you've lived, Israel and Judah alike, goading me to anger with your continuous worship and offerings to that sorry God, Baal. God told me what was going on. That's how I knew. You, God, opened my eyes to their evil scheming. I had no idea what was going on, naive as a lamb being led to slaughter. I didn't know they had it in for me, didn't know of their behind-the-scenes plots. Let's get rid of the preacher. That will stop the sermons. Let's get rid of him for good. He won't be remembered for long. Then I said, God of the angel armies, you're a fair judge. You examine and cross-examine human actions and motives. I want to see these people shown up and put down. I'm an open book before you. Clear my name. That sent a signal to God who spoke up. Here's what I'll do to the men of Anathoth who are trying to murder you. The men who say, don't preach to us in God's name or we'll kill you. Yes, it's the God of the angel army speaking. Indeed, I'll call them to account. Their young people will die in battle. Their children will die of starvation and there will be no one left at all. None. I'm visiting the men of Anathoth with doom. Doomsday. Colossians chapter 3 verses 18 through chapter 4. Wives, understand and support your husbands by submitting to them in ways that honor the master. Husbands, go all out in love for your wives. Don't take advantage of them. Children, do what your parents tell you. This delights the master no end. Parents, don't come down too hard on your children or you'll crush their spirits. 
Servants, do what you're told by your earthly masters and don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. Work from the heart for your real master, for God, confident that you'll get paid in full when you come into your inheritance. Keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. The sullen servant who does shoddy work will be held responsible. Being a follower of Jesus doesn't cover up bad work. And masters, treat your servants considerately. Be fair with them. Don't forget for a minute that you too serve a master, God in heaven. Pray for open doors. Pray diligently. Stay alert with your eyes wide open in gratitude. Don't forget to pray for us that God will open doors for telling the mystery of Christ even while I'm locked up in this jail. Pray that every time I open my mouth, I'll be able to make Christ plain as day to them. Use your heads as you live and work among outsiders. Don't miss a trick. Make the most of every opportunity. Be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation, not put them down, not cut them out. My good friend Tychicus will tell you all about me. He's a trusted minister and companion in the service of the master. I've sent him to you so that you would know how things are with us and so he can encourage you in your faith. And I've sent Onesimus with him. Onesimus is one of you and has become such a trusted and dear brother. Together, they'll bring you up to date on everything that has been going on here. Aristarchus, who is in jail here with me, sends greetings. Also, Mark, cousin of Barnabas, you received a letter regarding him. If he shows up, welcome him. And also Jesus, the one they call Justice. These are the only ones left from the old crowd who have stuck with me in working for God's kingdom. Don't think they haven't been a big help. Apophras, who is one of you, says hello. What a trooper he has been. He's been tireless in his prayers for you, praying that you'll stand firm, mature, and confident in everything God wants you to do. I've watched him closely and can report on how hard he has worked for you and for those in Laodicea and Hierapolis. Luke, good friend and physician, and Demas both send greetings. Say hello to our friends in Laodicea, also to Nympha and the church that meets in her house. After this letter has been read to you, make sure it gets read also in Laodicea and get the letter that went to Laodicea and have it read to you. And oh, yes, tell Archippus, do your best in the job you received from the master. Do your very best. I'm signing off in my own handwriting. Paul, remember to pray for me in this jail. Grace be with you. Psalm 78 verses 56 through 72. But they kept on giving him a hard time, rebelled against God, the high God, refused to do anything he told them. They were worse, if that's possible, than their parents. Traitors, crooked as a corkscrew. Their pagan orgies provoked God's anger. Their obscene idolatries broke his heart. When God heard their carryings on, he was furious. He posted a huge no over Israel. He walked off and left Shiloh empty, abandoned the shrine where he had met with Israel. He let his pride and joy go to the dogs, turned his back on the pride of his life. He turned them loose on fields of battle. Angry, he let them fend for themselves. Their young men went to war and never came back. Their young women waited in vain. 
Their priests were massacred and their widows never shed a tear. Suddenly, the Lord was up on his feet like someone roused from a deep sleep, shouting like a drunken warrior. He hit his enemies hard, sent them running, yelping, not daring to look back. He disqualified Joseph as leader, told Ephraim he didn't have what it takes, and chose the tribe of Judah instead. Mount Zion, which he loved so much, he built a sanctuary there, resplendent, solid, and lasting as the earth itself. Then he chose David, his servant, handpicked him from his work in the sheep pens. One day he was caring for the ewes and their lambs. The next day God had him shepherding Jacob, his people Israel, his prized possession. His good heart made him a good shepherd. He guided the people wisely and well. Proverbs 24 verses 28 and 29. Don't talk about your neighbors behind their backs. No slander or gossip, please. Don't say to anyone, I'll get back at you for what you did to me. I'll make you pay for what you did. Let's pray, y'all. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word and praise you for this new day and for the week ahead. Lord, we thank you for bringing us through this first full week in October. And as we look forward to the next six or seven days, we ask that you would just fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit, igniting us a new passion for the purpose and the calling that you've given us. Help us to fix our eyes on you and keep them there. You are the author and perfecter of our faith. Increase our faith. You who began this good work in us will be faithful to carry it on to completion. And Lord, we are so grateful for that. And in the midst of our busy schedules, Lord, give us the discipline to stay focused on what matters most. When we are discouraged or when we're feeling doubt, remind us of your unwavering love and your sufficiency for every challenge that we come against. Increase our trust in your perfect plan and in your timing. And give us your peace that surpasses all understanding when we're feeling anxious or stressed. Lord, we know that with you, nothing is impossible. Equip us with your armor of strength for every difficulty. Sharpen our discernment to know when we need to stand firm and when we need to take action. Lord, thank you that you never leave us alone and that your spirit guides our every step. Lord, we just ask that you would bless us with more joy and Lord, more delight this week as we spend time in your word. Lord, we ask that you would give us a fresh vision for how you want us to use our skills and our gifts and our expertise and our experience for your glory. Show us creative ways to be a blessing to others and to let your light shine through us. Help us to steward each day and each opportunity with wisdom and gratitude. Lord, we look forward to all you have in store for us. Give us eyes to see your hand at work this week. Build our faith and our dependency on you. Lord, we want your purpose to be fulfilled in us and through us. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, all the people of God said together, amen. And our affirmation for today I nourish my spirit, I train my temple, I sharpen my thinking. This is my commitment to being my best self. I nourish my spirit, I train my temple, I sharpen my thinking. This is my commitment to being my best self. And our aphorism, 
Self-searching is the means by which we bring new vision, action, and grace to bear upon the dark and negative side of our natures. With it comes the development of that kind of humility that makes it possible for us to receive God's help. We find that bit by bit we can discard the old life, the one that did not work, for a new life that can and does work under conditions whatever. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for being on this extraordinary expedition with me. You belong here and we belong together on this journey. I love you. And if God says the same, I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you.